this tweet just in from President Trump. Are you ready for this meeting? sound like Carol Channing, I don't think. I, <laughs> uh, but um, I went uh, to the doctor. The doctor said, uh, don't talk. Uh, rest your voice. Uh, so I said, okay, I will. So I did come in a little bit later, and I just really appreciate all of our volunteers for coming in. So I'm using all of my voice for this one. But if my voice doesn't work out, we have a special treat here because our senior pastor, Pastor Chris Songson, is right in the front row. So it's, a, it's like a tag team thing. So if I just keel over, I'll just hand his hand, and he'll come up here and, uh, you know, but, uh, but we're so glad that you're here, Chris. Thanks for everything. Thanks for what you do, and thanks for, for, uh, for starting this, this whole thing. Can you believe it? It's awesome. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, to make sure that, that uh, I, I get out to you is you might have heard about the uh, earthquake in Puerto Rico. Well, we have, a, we have a campus in Puerto Rico, and I know that when we see these things, it seems like, well, that's happening in some part of the world that we don't know anything about, and, and it's just, you know, I don't have time. But as you can see here, this is not just some little damage. This is major, major uh, damage that this earthquake happened. Now, we have tithes. So these, there's those of you who, who tithe, who give regularly, and thank you for that. If you don't do that, we can't do this. So thank you. But we also have BOW, which is Beyond Our Walls. That's in addition to your tithe. And the BOW goes to starting new campuses like this one. Um, and it also goes to outreach. So all of our BOW, every, everything that's going into BOW, Beyond Our Walls, this Sunday, so today, we'll go directly to uh, Puerto Rico. Now, it's not like we're giving it to some far-off place. We're stationed there. We have a campus there, and Pastor Dolian is giving us constant updates on where we're at with all of that. So we have, uh, we have uh, people on the ground right there willing to help out. So, um, so just so you know, all the BOW for today will go directly to uh, Puerto Rico. And as Mark uh, mentioned as well, we are having our Discover uh, class. A lot of times people call it discovery. It's actually our discover class, and it is going to be something to teach you on who we are, what we're about, what we believe. Uh, start this year taking a step. Start this year taking a step in your faith. And so uh, I would love to have you there. You don't have to go anywhere. You're now, and we are going to provide lunch, so I would love to have you there for that. Now, uh, we started last week, and we're talking about, you know, the costs of not. And last week we talked a lot about, well, your time. Your time is very, very valuable, and it's going quickly. And so, so what are you going to do with that time? How are you going to invest it? What, who, are you going to put it into something that you want to be and who you want to be, who God made you to be, or are you going to waste it? Well, today we're going to talk about accountability and what that looks like. And how do you make sure that there's somebody there for you to, to help you with that? Now... When I teach you, one of, the, one of the, the things that I do, this is one of them, is just to teach. Uh, but being a pastor isn't just being a teacher. It's actually coming alongside you. It's being in your life. It's, it's doing life with you. I love that. I love being able to be there with you. But I also teach this. And so when I teach, I think, how do I get the point across? And I don't care if it's an embarrassing story about me. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, a movie clip, a song. I don't care. Whatever is going to get the point across to you, that's the most important thing uh, for me. So we'll start off with a boring, or a, not boring, but an uh, embarrassing, hope it's not boring, story about me. Now, <clears throat> when I was uh, in, in junior high school, I was like into skateboarding, and I was kind of one of the cooler kids. It was a smaller private school, so I was very popular uh, pretty easily. And uh, 
And I was also, it was a time of Ferris Bueller and Zach Morris. I didn't want to go to school, and I was always looking for ways to get out of school and out of class. So I was just thinking, how do I, you know, how do, I do that the best way that I can? Well, I saw some kids leaving, and they were going to a thing, and there was student council. And I go, hey, how come they get to leave? Why are they leaving? And they go, well, they're in student council. I was like, well, how do you, how do you, what, how do, you do that? How do you get to be in that? And I said, weren't you around? We just had student council, uh, the elections last week. Did you see all the posters? It's like, oh, man. So this one uh, lady, this one girl goes, well, you know, the girl that was going to be treasurer is gone. I think they're going to have an election for that. Great, I'll be treasurer. And they go, well, do you know anything about treasurer? I'm like, sure, I spend money all the time. I'll be great at it. Great. So we, we go into an election, and this one kid, Anthony, gives the best speech ever. Like, he comes up and he goes, we're going to get some of the money that has come in through the uh, donations and all that. We're going to uh, use it for our San Francisco trip, and it's going to be great. And he had all this thing about, uh, you know, how it's going to impact all the kids. And I'm like, as a parent, I'm like, I would have voted for Anthony. He was great. And then it was James's turn. Now, can we see a picture of James circa junior high? Okay. That's cool guy James, all right? Got a little hair down there, OP shirt. I mean, I'm ready, you know. No joke, this is a true story. They gave these sunglasses out, you know, when they, like, they give out these little giveaway things at uh, places. Well, I'm so glad I have these because it's no joke. My brother is here and will attest to the fact that I, and Derek do remembers me from then, uh, attest to the fact that uh, I was a little punk. So I am sitting down. I have my, my white Ray-Ban sunglasses. And when it's my turn to give my speech, I did this. I came out and I'm like, what's up, everybody? I am running for, um, I forgot what I was running for. I turned around and said, you're running for treasure. I'm running for your treasurer. And let's have some fun this year. James V, vote for me. Woo! And I left. That was it. Anthony's like, can you do that? Is that possible? I mean, is that illegal? I don't understand. And I ended up winning by like a landslide. Okay, so I'm, I'm now the treasurer, which I know nothing about, you know, at all budget or money or anything like that. So I'm like, what is... Uh, okay, well, you know what? I get to get out of class, so this will all work just great. This is fine. Well, I immediately knew that I was not cut out for this at all. And I remember they knew it, too. Because they uh, said, James, I, we got your budget. And I said, yes. And they said, well, you, you, you have $200 for a skateboard ramp and skateboards for your friends. And that's not what we want to use the money for. It's like, well, you know, I'm sorry. It's my best shot at what I wanted to do. And I realized this isn't going to work. Because when I got to that meeting, I was like, this is great. What are we going to do? And they go, we have business to discuss. It's like, ugh. And do you have your budget? I'm like, ugh, what? This is almost as bad as class. And I remember one kid goes, you know what, guys? If we finish early, we could, we could probably start on our homework for next week. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is crazy. I did this just to get out of class. Now you're giving me more class? I knew I got into something that it sounded great at the time, but I did not want to really follow through with that. Now, I'm bummed that I didn't, because I quit. I was like, hey, Anthony, you want to do that? Because this is awful. Um, I'm bummed that I did quit, because I it could have taught me a lot of really good lessons as a kid to be in a council like that, and to, you know, look at budgets and do all these things. But I just quit because there was nobody there to really hold me accountable. I didn't really have to be there anymore. I could just leave when I wanted to. So... Do you ever agree to something, and even though you agree to it, at the time you think, I'm not going to want to do this later. I know I'm not going to want to do this later. You want to in the moment, but you know there will be a future moment where you will not want to do that. Do you ever do that? Yeah? 
There's a couple of ways of, of dealing with this reality. And the first two go hand in hand. One, you could deny it. No, that'll never happen. I'll always be as motivated as I am right now. Or you could delay it. It may happen, but it hasn't yet, so I'll decide. I'll uh, deal with it later. Or you could prepare for it. It's going to happen, so how can I ensure I'll do what I need to do to become who I want to be, even when I don't feel like it? Now, the first two are default settings, which is why your bank statements and your garage and your, uh, you know, your addict and your storage facilities say a lot about what you thought you were going to do. Things are that I was going to do this, but it just got too hard. I didn't anticipate the feelings were going to change. You know, many of you might, that's probably why you use your, you know, your, your, uh, your, uh, what do you call those things, those jogging things, that you, the, the uh, treadmills, you know? Have, have you, do you ever use the treadmill for an iron, or is it just me? No? Yeah, ironing bars? Okay, now let me, ask you, let me ask you this. Show of hands, how many of you have workout equipment that you use to hang your towels or your clothes on? Come on, it can't be me. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Thank you. Why? Because you thought it was going to be good at the time. You were like, this is going to be great. And then when you got into it and it was hard and there was nobody there pushing you, you're like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm just going to stop doing it. I don't have that desire to do that anymore. Now, the reason we signed the contract, paid the down payment, got the membership, was because we had an epiphany, this clear picture of who we wanted to be. And we knew we were going to have to do this to become that. We were just hoping it wasn't going to be so hard. There's a reason that we all have, this, all have this in common. You might want to write this down. We're all pre-programmed to take the path of least resistance. We are all pre-programmed to take the path of least resistance. Now, you might notice this, that everything is now online. Everything. You can get shoes online, clothes online, hats online, food online, everything. In fact, the other day, um, uh, we had a bunch of groceries in our front uh, door. I was like, what is this? It was like a ton. Amazon brought like a ton of groceries. And I opened up the bag, and I saw like all these vegetables in there. I'm like, well, this can't be mine. So I, 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 I didn't know what to do. So Melanie came home, and I'm like, is this yours? Because this clearly isn't mine. And she said no. And so instead of what a lot of people could have done is just going around to our neighborhood and say, hey, is this yours? What do we do? I, uh, Melanie went on Facebook, the Ladera Ranch Moms page, said, did anybody have these groceries? We took the path of least resistance to find out whose it was. Because we didn't want to have to go around and talk to everybody about this. That's how we're wired. That's how we're wired. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. Now, there's internally slash biologically. What does that mean? That means your body just wants to do what it wants to, which is handy if you just want to keep doing what you're doing, but horrible if you're trying to do something or become someone new. And then there's, uh, and you might want to take a picture of this, but then there's externally slash socially. So your mind just wants to do what everyone else is doing, which is handy if you want to do what everyone else is doing, but horrible if you don't. So what happens? We get in our tribes, and we just follow along because it's a lot easier. But now, no matter how excited we get or how many goals we set, resolutions we make or contracts we sign, we can't seem to be who we want to be. Why is that? Because we're not who we want to be. We're the result of what we regularly do. We're not who we want to be. We're the result of what we regularly do. So you can say all you want. I want to be this this year. I want to do this this year. 2020, I'm going to do this. 
but you honestly, you're the result, and I'm the result of what we regularly do. It's our habits. So how do you break these unhealthy habits? habits? The, the, the simple answer is, is you make a pact. You make a pact. Now, what's a pact? And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we see this illustrated a lot in the life of Daniel. But a pact is a particular strategy to anticipate, avoid, or overcome an obstacle before it arises. A particular strategy to anticipate, avoid, or overcome an obstacle before it arises. Remember kids, when you're a kid, you spit on your hand, you learn to make a pact. You spit on your hand, you shake the hand, that's a pact. Or your blood brothers or something. It's a pact. You know, uh, uh, it's kind of like this. It's going to be uh, hard for me to meet you at the gym, so pick me up at my house. It's a pact. You know, or if there's cookies around, I know I'll eat them, so don't put cookies around. Or this is my, this is my favorite one. I'll tell you what. If I don't show up to church, I will buy you and your family lunch. How's that? That's a good pact. You should make that one, by the way. So let's see how Daniel leverages these pacts. We're going to look at four in particular. But like I talked about last week, Daniel, uh, you know, had it, not, didn't have it very well. He had, all, he had everything taken away from him. He was who got to him. Uh, he ended up having to serve them. But he stayed to who he, he knew who he was, who God made him to be. Now, we're going to look first at his intention. We're going to look at four basic ones. But first, intention. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So what's he doing? He's making a pact of intention. Is announcing what, when, and how you're going to do something. It's announcing it. What, when, and how I am going to do something. It's making public com commitment and inviting others to hold you to it. It's being honest about what excuses you know you're likely to make and, and giving other people around you permission to ignore you when you do, meaning we are in this together. Now, we see this kind of pact a lot in, um, uh, I know we have some firemen here uh, in our church. Uh, we see this a lot with the, with the first responders, certainly military. Uh, we also see it in police officers, meaning we are going to make a pact no matter what happens. We're going to stick this out and we're going to stick together, and we're going we're gonna to make that in, in, in the very beginning. Now, let me, let me give you just a brief example. As I, as I mentioned, when I teach you, I want to give you anything that I possibly, uh, an example from our police. So can we show this, please? A heartbreaking moment. Police officers and sheriff's deputies stand shoulder to shoulder, showing their support to a five-year-old boy returning to school for the first time since his father was killed in the line of duty. Little Dakota's father, Rob Pitts, was a 16-year veteran of the Terre Haute, Indiana Police Department. On May 4th, he was killed while investigating a homicide. The day of his funeral, people lined the road. Police from all over were part of the procession and filled an auditorium to remember him. It was a funeral fit for a hero. Officer Pitts' patrol car became a memorial. When it was time to return to school after his dad's funeral, Dakota had a simple request for his mom. I spoke to Dakota's uncle, Greg Pitts. What was Dakota's request? He asked for a police officer to take him to school. Dakota got the shock of his life when not one, but 70 police officers lined the walkway to his school to welcome him back. He was wearing his dad's badge. The SWAT team even gave him his own t-shirt. Even though his father's not physically here, his memory will last, and he just inherited 130 other officers in his life. So there you go. 
That is a good example of what it looks like to say we are in this together from the beginning, no matter what. The dad was gone. But those other officers stood up and said, we're going to be there with you because we made a pact. We're going to stick to this, this pact together. But what can this look like in your life? It means gathering up trusted confidence and saying, to be who I really want to be, don't let me make excuses. Force me to stay the course. We're going to talk about effort. Daniel 1, 12 through 13 says this. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. A pack of effort is setting up circumstances that make it really difficult for you to do what you don't want to do. What Daniel is suggesting isn't easy, but he does it, in, but he does it anyway because he knows this is who I want to be. It's intentionally putting obstacles in your own way to help keep yourself on track. Why, why, why would this work? Because we're all pre-programmed to take the path of least resistance. The more inconvenient it is to do something, the less likely it is that we'll do it. So you make it impossible to give yourself uh, into negative impulses. This looks like uh, not keeping ice cream around or cutting up your credit cards or uh, putting content blockers on your computer. A pack, of invest, a pack of effort involves limiting your options to only positive choices. Limiting your options to only positive choices. Now, we're going to look at investment. Daniel 1, 10, 1, 10 through 12 says this, But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my, of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should, you, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. A pack of investment is ensuring your follow-through follow by putting up collateral too valuable to lose. So in Daniel's case, he actually wages his future, his family's future, his handler's future, his you know, friends, everybody. And if he doesn't follow through with it and he's not successful, they're all going to die in 10 days. It sounds absurd, but it, looks, it works because people are typically more motivated to avoid losses than to seek gains. Losing hurts more than winning feels good. Ask any athlete. Losing hurts more than winning feels good. This irrational tendency is known as loss aversion. This looks like paying a premium to a trainer with a no-cancellation policy, agreeing to pay a late fee if you don't show up on time. Or it's like putting uh, $10 or $20 in a swear jar every time you say something bad. You know, as, when I was a kid, I remember I was a little kid, and uh, my buddy Paul came to school, and he was so stoked. I'm like, Paul, what's going on? He goes, I just got an Atari. I go, how would you get an Atari? And he goes, well, my dad can't stand Sugar Ray Leonard, and he wanted uh, the marvelous Marvin Hagler to, to win, and Hagler lost, and my dad went and put a $100 bill in the swear jar and then went off. <laughs> and I got my Atari. I was holding accountable. I mean, dad knew. It's going to get ugly, so here we go. So maybe you're thinking these sound like expensive consequences. Um, that's the point. That's the point. Uh, an investment pact is, is effective because it moves the pain of losing the present as opposed uh, to the present as opposed to the far-off future. And there's nothing special about the dollar amount so long as it hurts uh, to lose. Now, identity. We're going to look at identity. Daniel 1, 6 through 8. 
among those who were chosen from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, he gave the name uh, Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. And to Mishael, Meshach. And to uh, Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So again, a pact of identity is declaring who you are and then doing what the person would do. Saying, this is who I am, and this is the type of things this person would do. Like Daniel, others have opinions and preferences about who we should be. They may accidentally or, in, or intentionally attempt to redefine or rename him. They may do that to you. But who you become... Let me say that again. Story you tell yourself about yourself. Let me say that again. Who you become will ultimately sync with whatever story you tell yourself about yourself. Friends, right now it's not easy being a Christian. Right now it's not. Now I can only speak to my generation. I can't speak to any previous generations, but just to mine. But right now it's not easy being a Christian. Why? Because society has put a ton of labels on Christians that just aren't me. They have said that Christians are judgmental, hypocritical, racist, sexist, homophobic, elitist, misogynistic. Those are the words that you're going to hear from society, from maybe some of the media, about who Christians are. That's not me. That's not who I am. I'm a lover of Jesus. I'm not those things. And I'm not going to be labeled those things because I know that's not who I am. Now, maybe some Christians have, or people have, have represented the church have misrepresented who God is. Maybe some, some uh, famous people uh, uh, claiming to be Christians have done some really bad things, and that's unfortunate for them, but that's just not who I am. I'll admit to you I've done bad things. <laughs> I'm not going to try to be hypocritical about it. But that's th those things aren't me. I know who I am. The Babylonians tried... Uh, the Babylonians changed his name to Belshazzar, but Daniel always saw himself as a Hebrew. The fact that they saw him differently didn't affect how he saw himself. And because in his mind he was a Hebrew, he did what Hebrews do, despite what the Babylonians around him did. So, who do you think you are? How do you see yourself, and what do you let define you? Ask yourself that question. Because the reason this is so important is our perception of who we are changes what we do. I'm steering my story, and I choose to sync my behavior with my identity, and this is who I want to be. So we cement our identity by what we, and there's a few things here, recite what we say to ourselves and others about who we are, ritualize what we turn into uh, repeatable actions until they become automatic, and reproduce what we introduce, educate, and include others in. This is important. Because our beliefs shape our behaviors, and our behaviors shape our beliefs. And over time, I assume I am at whatever it is I do most often. It's reinforcing loops, so it addresses both uh, simultaneously. This looks like if I go for a run in the morning, I'm a runner. If I put my phone away during dinner, I'm, I'm a good parent. If I go to church, if I get into God's word, if I talk to him, I am a follower of Jesus. And making all these packs paid off, despite the fact they seem strange, stupid, or extreme to the people around them, when Daniel and his friends initiated them. These were the things that enabled them to become the best versions of themselves. And we're going to see that right here. Daniel 1, 15 through 19 says this. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard 
took to the their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, to these, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. I guarantee you none of these guys regretted these pacts they put in place to empower them to get to that place. So the question here is, what might you need to do to become who you want to be? Who are you willing to let in? What are you willing to stick to this year? Let somebody know about it so we can hold you accountable. This could, this could uh, uh, look like this. Make a pact today to commit to spending five minutes a day with God. Just talking to him. Five minutes. Uh, make a pact to get into the word at least once a day. If you can't, maybe at the most four times in the week. We saw the results of that from last week. And by the way, if you just read one verse all week, that's okay. Okay? A lot of times people try to rush through the Bible and they don't understand anything that they're reading. They just want to get through with it. If you have to read the same verse over and over and over, do that. Get in that. Understand it. God wants you to understand his word. He just doesn't want you to zoom right through it. Maybe it's make a pact to come to church. Maybe it's take our Discover class. Sign up for Discover. You can do that right now. You can put that on your card. But let somebody know it. Let me know it. Again, one of the small parts of what I do is teach you, but there's a whole lot more to this. It's doing life with you. It's shepherding you. It's coming alongside you. I would be doing a terrible job of that if I just said, do whatever you want. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. I want to make sure that we're coming alongside of you. Write it down. Let's do this together. If, if you're hurting and there's other people hurting, let's, let's comfort each other. If you want to celebrate, let's bring each other and celebrate together. But let's write it down. Let someone know it. That's how we started. Now, as I mentioned before, it won't be easy. The enemy doesn't want you getting closer to what God has for you. The enemy will do all sorts of things to distract you from this. Don't let it affect you. Stay the course and just finish the race. We let so many things distract us uh, when we're left feeling overwhelmed and helpless. We say we, we got to get all the kids to all sorts of activities and we don't have time. But there's nothing more important than introducing who Jesus is to your kids. That's eternal. You know? I got to work and I don't have the time uh, to get with God right now. I, don't you understand? I'm busy. I got to pay the bills. I got to do all this stuff. Well, I, my question to you is do you take showers? Because if you take showers, that's a time you could talk to God. Well, I'm not a reader. I don't really want to read Scripture. Scripture's kind of boring. I don't get it. Well, you don't have to read it. Get a podcast. Get an app. You know, listen to it on the way to work. Melanie and I were talking about this, and Melanie's like, I, I, I have kind of a hard time just sitting down and reading it. So she went out and she researched an app. And she listens to that or a podcast. And she listens to that and explained what that is. It's irrelevant to just... To just say like, well, well, you're not reading it word for word from this leather book, so it just really doesn't make a difference. God wants you to understand his word. And however you do that, great, wonderful, spectacular. But let someone know about it. Because if you don't like doing that now and you don't tell anybody about it, you're going to stop doing it. In about three weeks. You know, church is hard to get to every week. <laughs> it's not like we're moving every week. We're at the same time in the same location. It's easy. No, but it should be a little hard, actually. It makes that commitment real. Now, 
Let's make a pact this year to be the person God made us to be. And let's hold each other accountable so that we can all finish the race strong. It won't be easy. And nothing worth anything is. But there's nothing worth more than the time that we have on this earth. Like I told you before, friends, time is constantly moving. What are we going to do with it? Before we close, I want to leave you with a powerful illustration of what this looks like, with a pact with one another, sticking together no matter what. It's going through the worst of the worst with someone and not leaving their side. The best example I could think of going to battle with someone is when I think of sticking to a pact to hold each other up, I think of church family. I think of marriage. But another good example and a good visual that I want to leave you with today before we close is our veterans. These guys and girls, they made a pact. They're going to stick to it no matter what. No matter what. And I saw something that painted a picture very well, and I just had to share it with you. You see, uh, our veterans, when they usually come back from, from war, uh, sometimes, oftentimes, they're celebrated because we're America, and we win, and that's what we do. Except for one group of veterans, yellow ribbons or, or lots of American They were not met at airports with uh, yellow ribbons or, or lots of American flags or parades. They were met at the airport by being spit on and uh, called all sorts of names. They had it tough. It was hard. It wasn't easy. And uh, they were just kids. They were just kids doing what they were told. Some signed up to go over because they thought that that was their duty to protect freedom. Most were drafted. The average age was 19. These are children, these kids. And they went over and they did what they had to do. And they were blamed for uh, everything. You know, they didn't make these decisions. Our government did. You know, they were, they were, they were put in a, a group of a couple that did, in fact, lose it and made some poor choices. But the vast majority of them were thrown into that group. And they were called the worst names you could think of. And all they were doing was trying to do their best to, to follow what their pact that they made was. Now, years after the war, while honoring Billy Joel at the Kennedy Center, Garth Brooks had a little surprise. And it's one of the best visuals. It's one of the best visuals that I could think of when I'm praying about this message. That I could show you what it looks like to, to make a pact and uh, stick it through no matter what. Let me see that.
If you're a little emotional, um, I was too. When I was putting that together. My girls and I were sick this week, and uh, I didn't know that they were paying attention. And uh, Piper sat next to me. She goes, it's okay, Daddy. That song made me cry too. <laughs> no matter what. They made a pact. No matter what. No matter what reaction that they got. No matter what people said about them. No matter what people called them. They made a pact. And they said, this is who we are. And we're not going to let anything distract us from being there together. Friends, our church family, in this family, if you commit to joining this church family, you are going to have people that are going to stand by you. That aren't going to let you quit. And we're going to see things like divorce. Loss of loved ones. Loss of jobs. Financial issues. Relationship issues. Health issues. And we were going to go through these battles together. Because you cannot do it on your own. You could try. You could try. You could exercise this, this activity and try to do it on your own. But when all the medication is done and all the self-help books are done, we will be right here with you. Welcoming you back with open arms. Saying, we are going to do this with you. And we are going to do this together. We will not let you quit. That's why God put his church here. That's why the church family is so important. Like we talked about last week, this isn't a show. This isn't, this isn't something that we just put on because it makes us feel good for a couple hours. This is going through life together. I know there are some of you that are hurting right now. Relationships, financial issues, health scares. You are feeling so alone, but you're trying to put on a, a smile because you're at church. This is a place where you can be real. We're making a path together. Don't let the enemy distract you from this. He knows if I could just put enough stuff in your schedule, you won't go. If I put enough stuff on your schedule, you won't pay attention to who God is in your life. And then when those storms happen, and they will happen, you're going to be left drowning. You're on your own. Not here. Not as long as this church is here. Not as long as I'm here. You know, that's not going to happen. We are going to do this together. You're going to be, it's going to be hard at times. But what we're attempting to do is countercultural. You'll be labeled as something. You're going to hear things from people that tell you uh, innocent things at the, at the beginning, maybe, you know, about talking about church. Guys, when we talk about what this looks like, and we talk about getting distracted, we end up taking control back from God. That's what we do. So we get into toxic relationships. We invest in money that is going to be taken away, status from our job that could be lost. And we end up confused, and it's hard. If you are missing the life God has for you, you are missing life. You're not really living, you're just existing. Being a follower of Jesus is not going to be easy, like we talked about. He said, the, the world hates you, well, it hated me first. There will be times you just want to give up. And without having that pact, that accountability with others, you will. It's one of the main reasons, like I said, we are here. 
We're never going to give up, though. And when you are going to hear things from people that, uh, you know, like I said, it's counterculture. You're going to hear things like, like uh, well, why do I have to go to church every week? Or can't they have service on another day? I'm so busy on Sundays. Or let's just go when we have more time. Or the church just wants your money. Or the church just wants to tell people what to do. They could tell you that. They can. But if you know who you are in Christ, you won't believe that. Because you go, no, I know who I am. And I know what I need to do to be more of who I want to be. And that's why we need to hold each other accountable. We will go through all of life's ups and downs together. And we're going to show everyone around us the love of Jesus by our actions, not by our words. We will do this in 2020. And we will do this together. But it's up to you. I'm going to be real honest. My throat is on fire burning. I want to invite you uh, right now, if you haven't yet, um, to receive that, that gift from God. Uh, I'm actually, I didn't tell him I was going to do this, but uh, I'd actually love to have Pastor Chris up here and invite you in that prayer. And uh, if you haven't yet. But I'd like to have Pastor Chris to come up and, and close us out. And uh, would you welcome Pastor Chris on today, buddy? Awesome. Do we have a, we have a mic here? No, right but I got a very loud voice, so you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay.